spring has totally sprung here in uh, the big land of Australia. We're uh, pleased that you've joined us on today's episode of the ICB News Channel. Uh, we hope there's a bit of a spring in your step, wherever you might be, and certainly we're hoping that uh, you are enjoying some some nice weather as we uh, get towards the back end of a calendar year. It, it is October. And uh, my name is Rob Marshall. We're going to put a bit of a focus, as we always do, on all the current uh, issues and talking points for bookkeepers and small business owners around Australia, around uh, compliance and all the things that are affecting us on a daily basis, the things that just never stop moving. And uh, it is a big hello to my co-pilot today, Simone Emmett. Welcome, as always. Thanks, Rob. I'm, I'm really looking forward to our discussion today. I really hope that our members find this session really informative. I think we've got some really good stuff today, and obviously most of it's on the back end of our September newsletter that's uh, been released and out there for those to see. And, of course, for those tuning in who perhaps haven't got access to the newsletter, uh, I'll reference, as I always do, icb.org.au. And most of what we're discussing today, if you uh, hear and go, I need a little bit more information on that, Rob, go to our website and uh, scroll to the bottom of the page. And in our latest news, most of the articles we're talking about today are there for you to be able to read further about. One of the things that we're going to tackle first up, though, is actually a reflection on the last episode of the ICB News Channel, uh, episode 22. And I'm going to encourage you, if you haven't listened to that one, uh, go back, as you can do in most apps, and uh, have a listen to that previous episode. In that episode, um, more towards the back end of the episode, we had a very special guest. Her name was Donna McGeorge, and we dived deep, her and I, into the world of artificial intelligence and uh, what's happening in that space. Many tuning in uh, perhaps have heard um, myself and others at the ICB speak regularly this year on artificial intelligence, and uh, we're going to continue to do it um, because it is just continuing to evolve in our space uh, at an amazing rate. Only this morning, Simone, I think I've had three emails from different software companies uh, associated with bookkeeping, one from an accounting journal, and it's all about the impacts that are happening as we speak on artificial intelligence. So uh, we're going to continue to put a focus on that through our newsletter and through this podcast on a regular basis. What Simone has done as the newsletter editor has uh, captured a fabulous piece from our friend Donna McGeorge um, that I'd encourage you to go and have a read about. She's a, uh, uh, fast becoming a, an expert on the chat GPT revolution. And um, what I really like is in that particular article, Simone, there's some great tips on just understanding the impacts that are happening in the different uh, sectors of business around Australia. And then uh, uh, Donna positions it from the position of a bookkeeper and that and its impacts. Um, do you want to give us just a little bit more understanding of that? And in particular, her her call out about cybersecurity as well in relation to that. Um, the article that Donna wrote was absolutely amazing, um, really informative in terms of how bookkeepers can pivot themselves to, to embracing AI and how much it can help with our processes and our day-to-day -day tasks. Yeah, and I think, uh, again... Kind of just evolving that a little bit more, she she references that cybersecurity is obviously at issue um, with the rise and rise, as I keep calling it, of artificial intelligence. 
I recently sat in an ATO group that is specifically focused on cybersecurity and the ATO are fully aware of the impacts of artificial intelligence as well. So as uh, we continue to call out, there's a lot of good, but there's some bad and ugly about AI that we just need to be cognizant of. And that's where our focus is in this particular article from uh, Donna and uh, certainly in the conversation we had in the previous episode of the ICB News Channel. So I'm encouraging you to go back and have a listen to that if you haven't already done so. Where we're going to cycle to today, because you can go and listen to that and we won't go over it all again, is a call out that we've made on our website and uh, through our newsletter about how you can uh, effectively start to tackle the, the, the issue of cyber and, uh, and the things that are associated with cyber. It's a, um, uh, a program called the Cyber Wardens Program and I'm going to draw breath for a moment and allow Simone to explain a little bit about the Cyber Wardens Program. Well, Rob, as you know, the past year has demonstrated that no one's immune to cyber threats. Um, successful attacks are happening every day and they damage a company's reputation. So to combat this, um, Cyber Warden's e-learning platform is designed specifically for small business to equip them with the knowledge to, to get themselves cyber safety. It's um, intending to train 60,000 small business cyber wardens over the next three years, which is great because we all really have to be across this. Day to day, I get text messages, emails, all, so, all sorts of things. So really need to understand it. So. ICB members have access to this e-learning platform. If you go to our website, www.icb.org.au, you can start become a cyber warden. And th this is really, really important. I think for many of us in business, and uh, I continue to have my couple of businesses that I run uh, outside of my role with the ICB, once upon a time we used to rely totally on our IT uh uh, connections, I guess, to, to ensure that we're safe. And I'd encourage people to still engage with those in their network who um, revolve around IT, but it's really, really important that we own and, uh, and sort of recognise that as owners of businesses, we also need to play a role in this to protect not only ourselves, but also especially for the bookkeepers listening in, the client bases that we have, um, a lot of breaches of client information that could become very damaging, obviously, to our clients. So the Cyber Wardens Program is designed to, to heighten you as a business owner and your understanding of cybersecurity. And certainly, again, referencing the, uh, the, the role that ICB plays with the ATO um, uh, Cybersecurity Group and working alongside the Australian Cybersecurity Centre, uh, we're going to continue to put a huge focus on this. It's not going away. It's one that we need to continue to uh, be very aware of, Simone. So um, that is available on our website, as you mentioned, but also uh, a great article in our newsletter. Let's go to uh, a few other articles that uh, are happening in the world of bookkeeping and business at the moment. And one of those is uh, an article that we've included um, on our in our web, uh, sorry, in our newsletter, uh, entitled "Closing Loopholes Bill." Now, basically, what this is. And there's a lot of commentary in media about this at the moment. And if you're watching uh, the news of an evening, you've probably seen some commentary on this as well. Uh, the, the Fair Work Legislation 
Amendment, called it in, we called it in brackets, Closing Loopholes Bill 2023 aims to close loopholes that undermine pay and conditions and to improve work health and safety laws. These proposals are subject to the passage of legislation and the bill has now been sent to a Senate committee for further scrutiny with a report due in uh, early February, allowing employer groups to weigh in on the proposed changes. So in many circumstances here, why we're raising this now is, is commentary is important. It is important that if some of the things that you've seen and read about this legislation concerns you as a business owner, and certainly, you know, we keep reminding bookkeepers, you are a business owner too, um, then you need to, you know, consider that there is options here for commentary. So the major elements that is being investigated, I'm not going to go through them in detail in this episode, but uh, conversations around wage theft, uh, also around redefining casuals. And I, I suppose that's the one that um, is perhaps closest to the heart of business owners or small business owners. And uh, we want to make sure that your voice is heard and certainly there are those of us within the ICB who are making sure that everybody's aware of the comment, commentary that's happening around this right now. Where I wanted to go in particular was uh, there are already within the proposed legislation um, some uh, exemptions for small business. And Simone, I'm going to hand back to you just to call out where that's going at the moment. Certainly. Well, as part of the bill, there are quite a number of exemptions for small businesses of 15 or fewer employees. And the large one here is wage theft. There'll be pathways to safe haven for small businesses fewer than 15 employees who have tried to correct mistakes with paying their workers, they they'll, will not be referred to criminal prosecution as part of the bill. So when, if they comply, they, they'll be developed in partnership with government and employer groups to assist them to become compliant. Right. Um, big, big one for also is the labour hire, same job, same pay requirement. This does not apply to businesses with fewer than 15 employees. And the big one was the casual conversion. This one is also does not um, comply because it's part of the NES already. So existing casual conversion pathway will remain the same for small businesses yeah. at the moment rather than the six months that's being suggested through the bill. Yeah, so again, we're just highlighting the fact that there is a lot of commentary about this. Um, there's, there's some significant criticism of a lot of the bill and uh, we'll continue to focus on this in upcoming news um, uh, newsletters, I'm guessing, Simone, and also through the ICB News Channel as we uh, unpack this even closer to the final submissions of this in February. When it comes to bookkeepers and uh, business owners and certainly uh, those bookkeepers who are also BAS agents, one of the moments where there's always a little bit of angst is, uh, <clears throat> we'll call it out, when a regulator comes knocking, and that's the title of one of our articles again this month in the uh, ICB newsletter. Um, so we wanted to put a bit of a focus on this. Again, I'll hand back to you, Simone. Do you want to give us a little bit of an understanding of what exactly we, where we've gone with that article? Where we've gone with this is that we believe that the bookkeeping community needs to be aware of the powers and the responsibilities of the key regulators like ASIC, ACCC and ATO. It's, in the article explains quite 
clearly what each of them do and the powers that they have over the various aspects of the financial services industry, the fair competition and consumer protection, and obviously the ATO administering Australia's tax and superannuation systems. But bookkeepers play a crucial role in assisting their clients when they've been faced with a regulatory request. Um, there's quite a lot of things that you should do, but the first one is to read and understand the nature of the request very well so that you can then go and explain it to your client. Yes, yes. Clear communication is definitely key. One of the best things that you could do is to get them to recommend seeking legal counsel to help and help facilitate that connection because a lot of these things, they really do need to have some sort of legal expert involved and collaboration with legal experts specialising in this compliance with relevant laws is recommended. The experts can guide the interpretation of the request, assess potential risks and develop an appropriate strategy. It's very important as part of meeting the deadlines to avoid penalties, explaining also to the client what the non-compliance ramifications are for them. Um, basically, bookkeepers act as the knowledgeable and proactive partners that ensure clients can navigate these challenges. I guess uh, very common ones that uh, bookkeepers, and I'm including myself in this, run into is, is obviously the deadline conversation, deadlines around BAS, uh, deadlines around super, obviously create a lot of conversation with clients. And, and as you've called out, Simone, it's really important as a bookkeeper and as a BAS agent that we just simply explain uh, what the requirements are and make sure that our um, the business owner is well aware. And, and we have business owners who tune into this podcast. Um, if you're unsure, you know, seek seek some explanation from the bookkeeper. Now, I guess we're calling out that it's not the bookkeeper who writes the laws. <laughs> it's the bookkeeper is there to help um, business owners understand what are the requirements and to ensure that uh, if a regulator was to come knocking, there's only there's a reason for it. Um, so I, I really like where you've gone with this particular article. It's just a reminder to us all that we do have regulatory requirements that we have to meet on the various things that we do. Obviously, you've also mentioned the legal aspect of, of some of the regulators that we deal with. HR is a great example, and that's where we would... Uh, call out that, you know, that's why we have relationships with the likes of employment innovations with ICB to, to get that sort of understanding when there is uh, dispute around HR laws, etc. So again, encourage you to go and have a read of that. Obviously, deadlines in our world, Simone, really drive us here in Australia, um, probably more so than just about any other country in the world. You know, deadlines on BAS, super, uh, a host of other things that we have to continually be across. And that's why it's important, as you've done, is to just point out what are the requirements when it comes to those regulators. So great article and uh, really pleased that you've gone down that, that route. Let's talk about uh, funnily enough, another form of compliance that we uh, we have to deal with as bookkeepers and as business owners, and that's uh, PAYG instalments, uh, a world that most tuning in right now um, have to deal with. So, you know, we, we love the fact that the uh, regulators back in the day came up with PAYGW and PAYGI. So we're talking about PAYGI here, instalments. Um, and 
I guess what we're calling out in this particular article and the discussion that you and I are going to have is is around what are the options when it comes to PAYGI, but also just a caution on where, as bookkeepers and BAS agents, we take this conversation. So back to you, Simone. Hello, well, we all know with PAYGI, um, the instalments you make regular payments towards your estimated tax bill and these payments get deducted from your annual tax assessment. It's like chipping away at your bill bit by bit instead of facing a lump sum at the end of tax time. So when it comes to handling PAYG instalments, you've got two main ways to go about it. If you're eligible to choose between these two options, they'll be shown on your business activity statement or instalment notice. So first up, instalment amount method. This one, the ATO gives you an estimate and that is usually a regular payment throughout the year, every quarter, and it's usually the same one. So it's a steady stream of predictable payments. It's quite easy to manage. Second option, instalment rate method. So with this method, you can estimate how much you make in the current year and use the right instalment rate for your business. Your payments can change depending on your annual income, so it's more flexible, but it requires an accountant to be involved in the process because it needs to be evaluated to avoid the distress of unexpectedly large payments. So which method you pick, you pick depends on your situation. If your income's pretty steady, the instalment amount method keeps things simple, but if it bounces around, the instalment rate method lets you adjust your payments as needed. Big one to call out is the BAS agent in this one, which I'll go yes. again. So the, as we said before, the BAS agent can make changes to the BAS, but they are not permitted to advise on PAYGI. That is the tax, tax accountant's role. Yeah, that's one of the tougher ones because quite often that will pop up annually as to the option, uh, the ability to change the option. And it is uh, very much uh, tempting to just make the change there and then on the spot. But uh, having done, been on uh, around this particular planet a few times, Simone, on that one, in my world, I certainly still encourage the business owner to have a conversation with the accountant if possible to say, look, you know, should we change from the instalment amount method to the instalment rate method perhaps or whatever it may be, maybe the other way around, uh, just to get some direction. And uh, again, we, we've put a focus in the past on understanding scope for bookkeepers and, and BAS agents and that's one of those ones where I just strongly recommend that a conversation with an accountant because this relates to income tax is uh, highly advisable. So, Great summation there again, and again, it's available for you to read a lot more about in our uh, newsletter letters, uh, including, of course, I haven't called out that there are non-member newsletters as well, Simone, for um, with some of the articles that we're referencing today that you can access from our website. Finally, we've got a big week coming up um, shortly uh, in our world, in the bookkeeping world, called Global Bookkeeping Week. Um, it's going to be running from the 6th to the 10th of November and we're really, really encouraging bookkeepers and business owners across Australia to celebrate the fact that you guys every day do something amazing for Australia's society in the form of bookkeeping. Like I keep saying, that's, that, that includes those who are uh, doing bookkeeping in their own business. Um, I'd really, really encourage you to get on board with Global Bookkeeping Week. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, Simone? Yeah, well, we've got some exciting things planned from November 6th to 10th as part of Global Bookkeeping Week. During this very special occasion for bookkeepers, ICB are offering some great opportunities. We are waiving the member application fee for the entire month of November, saving new members $88, which is great. And we're also offering 
bookkeepers to attend a local ICB network meeting for free throughout November, which is great for particularly student bookkeepers to come into the community and connections with, with other bookkeepers that can help them through, it's great. We have one more fun element added to the celebration, which is we are encouraging participants to raise a cup in support of bookkeepers. Yes, yes. Which is very exciting. People are invited to share photos on social media, which is hashtag Global Bookkeeping Week or tagging ICB Australia for chances to win some really good prizes with the most creative raise a cup photos. We look forward to seeing them. So get your cups out, guys, and uh, grab a photo. Uh, raise a, raise a uh, cup to, to your own self for the amazing efforts, as I've mentioned before, that you do on a daily basis and share it with us on, on the socials so that we can celebrate bookkeepers across Australia and, and what, uh, what, what is done on a daily basis. So it's a wonderful week uh, of acknowledgement, Simone, and just calling it out again November the 6th to the 10th of of. Of November, I think I've said that twice now, but we'll keep uh, we'll keep calling that one out. Um, well, that that kind of brings us to the the end of of where we're going to go today, Simone. Uh, you're my dance on this one, um, but I want everybody to hang in because uh, we're going to finish today's episode by putting a, a focus that uh, is specifically. Uh, I guess in some ways a little bit contentious right at the moment as well. We talked about the closing loopholes bill, but we've also got some something very um, very urgent about to descend upon us in on the 13th of November, and that's client-agent linking. Um, so I've invited uh, the CEO of the ICB, Amanda Linton, to join me, which she will do shortly to have a discussion around client-agent linking. But Simone, thank you for joining us today. It's been a wonderful uh uh, newsletter again, as always, that you've produced. I really enjoyed the the article from Donna in particular. I will also mention, and I, I failed to do this at the start, uh, for uh, members in particular, you may have missed it, but a, we had a recent Fridays, what we call a Fridays, an ICB Friday, uh, where we put a focus also on artificial intelligence. Uh, we had a panel um, headed by Amanda, our CEO, and also a special guest, Katie Williams, who joined myself, and we discussed how we think AI is really impacting bookkeeping right now and some really good tips on on how you can start to harness AI in your bookkeeping business. So if you go to our website and uh, under members, go to our webinar library, you'll be able to uh, watch that back if you missed that one. But Simone, thank you for joining us today on the ICB News Channel. It's always a pleasure and uh, I hope all is well with you. All is well. It's, it's always lovely to be part of the discussion and, and help members understand the newsletter and, and drive them towards reading it. And a little tip for members with um, the, news, the ICB News Channel, have a listen to it before you go to your network meeting and you'll be absolutely equipped to join in on the discussion. Great call. Great call. I think this is uh, something we'd love to see our, all our network uh, facilitators utilising to be able to get that conversation going. We want to talk about this stuff and get uh, the key questions out there and get some answers as well. So great call out, Simone. Thanks for joining us. Hang in now and we're going to have a chat with ICB um, CEO, Amanda Linton. Thanks, Simone. And as promised, we have now cycling into the chair to have a chat with me about all things client-agent linking, the CEO of the ICB, Amanda Linton. Good to have you joining us on the podcast, Amanda. Thanks, Rob. Great to be back with you all again. It's always good to have you and your voice here on the on the channel. Um, 
We've just had a long conversation around cybersecurity and um, the impacts of AI, which we've focused on in the last couple of episodes. Um, and one of the things that is not necessarily a direct result of all of this, but certainly has some sort of connection, is a topic that's creating some angst, we'll call it that, in our, uh, in our community around the looming agent um, client-agent linking process. Um, we've got quite an extensive commentary about this in our most recent newsletter, um, including upwards of nearly a quarter of the, uh, of the newsletter relating to the client-agent linking. Let me, before we sort of get too deep into to some of the things that may be creating a little bit of angst, and we're, we're really wanting to use this time to, to reference the fact that the ICB is taking what's looming as very seriously, um, uh, let, let's just consider why, for a start, that client-agent linking has come into play. And I guess the main call-out is, as I've just said, is around the growing issues around cybersecurity in particular. So this initiative is about providing better security around, you know, bookkeepers and their clients as well as the systems operated by the ATO that support businesses and their clients and the interactions with the ATO. So the that's, I guess you could say, the basis behind it. That's the essence of it. And I would suggest that none of us would even for a minute start to suggest that there's any kickback on that side of things. We all acknowledge that. Um, but there are some challenges and let's kick off with having a, a look at one of the articles that was in our newsletter written by the chair of the ICB board, Colin Walker, who is a, a former ATO assistant commissioner. So when it comes to cred, he's got more than most of us, Amanda, um, and he's written an excellent article around the ATO client-agent linking. Um, a couple of things to call out. One of the, th the first is that has it kicked off yet? The answer is not in its full entirety. So the 13th of November is the looming date for the rollout. Uh, does it relate to everybody? Well, anybody who's or a business who's got an ABN, but ex, uh, an ABN, excluding sole traders. I guess where I'll bring you in now, Amanda, is we we've kind of many of us have wrapped our heads or starting to wrap our heads around why the why of client agent linking. What role is is ICB playing in this and and referencing some of the article that Collins ref, um, put in uh, the newsletter? Yeah, so Rob, we're um, as part of our advocacy framework, we're constantly talking with the ATO in co-design working groups and um, providing a lot of feedback as to the impact of these kinds of frameworks on the BAS agent community. And one of the things that we've identified clearly is that there, whereas we fundamentally support the foundation of what the program and the framework is about, and you've already touched on the cybersecurity issues that we're trying to address with that. Part of where we're going as far as our advocacy work going is the fact that we understand there are flaws in the, des the design of the system and there's some, there's some flaws that impact and will impact our best agent community fairly significantly going forward. So we do have concerns around the design element. Um, as I said, having said that, though, we do actually back the ATO in the why this is being put into play. Yeah. So we'll continue in our, in our advocacy efforts um, to continue to bring the voice of members forward uh, and BAS agents forward to make sure that we're being heard. Well, we're, that's certainly what we're aiming to do is make sure that we're heard in these discussions as well so those impacts are not necessarily swept under the carpet 
but, you know, they need to be considered as part of the intermediary role that BAS agents play. So maybe let's just examine a couple of the the challenges that we can already see around um, the client agent agent linking. Just getting that term out is a bit of a challenge at times, but um, I guess the first one, and Colin calls this out in his article, um, the change around the fact that the authorizations that you need will only be initially for new clients and for any existing clients that there's a change in some way or in their Correct. structure. Um, yep. and, and that will impact your ability to access them. So obviously the audience, I, su- I suppose, we're mainly referencing at the moment is BAS agents to be able to access them on online services. But I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that... Um, business owners are also listening to this conversation because it's a two-way street because one of the things that Colin calls out is that when an agent reaches out to a business owner in this new world we're going into, it's really going to be incumbent on the business owner and the BAS agent to know when that authorisation has been completed. There won't be any notifications in any way, shape or form from the ATO around that. It will be purely the client um, sorry, in this case, the business owner responding to the agent to say, yes, I've done what you asked me to. And that's going to be an important piece in it. We're, we're a little bit concerned about that. That that doesn't always happen in a perfect world. It would do, but we know we don't live in a perfect world. So I guess that's number one challenge, Amanda. It is, Rob. And um, as you say, the communication is going to have to be high level Um, and fairly intense to the business community to explain why this process is being put in place, Um, that fact that the fundamental reason behind it is the security of of access to their information by a qualified agent. And so the ATO are going to have to do a really good job at making sure they communicate that well to the business community as to why they're going to do that. Now, we're also going to help prepare some resources, and you've mentioned what we already have in the newsletter, around information to be able to give to business owners to, again, understand so they can understand why we're doing this, the fact that this is not just us overdoing process, this is now a legal requirement of how we have to engage. So um, being able to educate the business community is going to be a key part on making sure we can get this right. And to touch on that, um, you know, so I suppose stepping out of that challenge into the comms piece into challenge number two is how many small business owners aren't registered for online services for business. So that's the second challenge we're going to have to overcome. Um, You know, those business owners, and I'm sure most of us have them or have had them in the past where it's like, but that's what I'm engaging you for, just make it happen. Um, So that's going to be the second challenge that comes off the back of that first piece that you were just talking about. And I think that's you're calling out the, the piece that involves the business owner needing to authorise via the online services for business, which uh, we do tend to know not every business in Australia right now has engaged with MyGov, MyGov ID and the online services for business. So we do have, that's uh, absolutely up there as Collins called out in his um, article as a, a major challenge. The second one involves... Um, something that you've targeted, not necessarily targeted, but uh, gone into press about in recent times, an article in a, in a, a regular accounting journal, let's call it that, has uh, referenced an a, a interview with yourself and you've referenced through that the challenges around 
accountants and BAS agents um, dealing on the their own portals, the online services for agents, and an ongoing issue that it's not new but is going to be heightened in our belief of accountants inadvertently kicking BAS agents off. Um, and we want to I'll probably reference right from the get-go, especially if you're an accountant looking, uh, listening in right now, there's no suggestion here that any at any time that's done deliberately. Uh, we, we acknowledge that absolutely. However, it is a problem for BAS agents. Do you want to explain a little bit more about that, Amanda? Look, it is a big problem for BAS agents, Rob, and this is one of the design flaws that we're talking about that we're constantly trying to highlight to the ATO. Um, for those that don't know, when a tax agent goes on to appoint themselves um, as the agent, currently um, for a, a new client, they have the option to effectively say they want to be the contact agent for income tax matters. Now, what's not properly communicated to them is that effectively gives them access to everything. The only other election that they should make beyond income tax is for fringe benefits tax. When they tick the, yes, I want authority for income tax, that automatically gives them access to activity statements and the integrated client account. The challenge is the design of that process on the ATO system is not clear. So a, an accountant can go on and say, well, yes, I want visibility over income tax, but I also want visibility over activity statements. So they're ticking that button. The minute they tick that button, Rob, it's kicking the BAS agent off the system. So that is a current known problem. It's not new. It's been going on for years and one that we, we've been conti continually advocating for the ATO to look at fixing the design problem. So that problem in itself is not new with the client-agent linking. The challenge we now have is under the new client-agent linking process of the business owner now having to get involved to nominate who their agent is. Previously, a BAS agent could just go onto our online services for agents. We could re-add the client and we could continue doing the service delivery that we've been doing. The challenge now is that if a BAS agent is inadvertently kicked off, the only way to get that authority re-established is to go back to the business owner and get them to go through the whole identification process again. Yeah. The challenge is that is twofold. First of all, we're now taking additional time out of a small business owner's um, time and effort. We're taking additional time out of the agent, um, you know, from the agent's services as well and the time taken to do all of that. And we can just imagine the frustrations of a brand new engagement. You've finally managed to win over that new client, you've done all the authorizations. they've put you on, you come to your first STP lodgement or your first BAS lodgement, and next thing you know, you've got to go back to the client and get them to redo it again. So we believe there's going to be a lot of frustration in the business community, not to mention in the BAS agent community, because the reality is a BAS agent's going to have to charge the client for re-going through all that authorization process again. So... The, the challenge that we've got here is we know that's the process we're going to have to go through. We know we're going to have to support business to do that. We know there's going to be angst associated with that. The thing that is getting, the big thing that's getting missed is who pays for that time, mm. first of all. But secondly, just the angst that gets created. Now, to, just a really simple example of that, um, which was mentioned in the article that you were talking about, the first one is we all know as much as we can tell people to not lodge at the last minute and agents, please, but don't be up at midnight lodging, up to midnight lodging activity statements. The real world is that happens, right? So the challenge that we've got is that when a BAS agent is unlinked from a client or kicked off the portal, 
The problem is we don't get any notification from the tax office to tell us that that has actually happened. So the first time we actually get um, visibility over of that is we go online, we try and lodge the activity statement or try and lodge an STP event for a client and it gets rejected or we can't get in and we don't have authority. Now, from an STP to, from an STP perspective, let me make it really clear, that does not prevent you from processing the payroll through the bank. Yeah, so good let's call. be really clear about that. Yep. So you're not actually stopping someone from getting paid and I would very strongly encourage anyone listening to not use that as an excuse to not process a payroll. However, what you're not going to be able to do is lodge the STP to the STP event off the back of that payroll and that's going to create a angst. The other challenge is going to be at activity statement time, we're going through, we're after authority to lodge at the last minute, um, roll when we're right on a deadline, authority's been kicked off, we've got to go through the whole process again, lodge the activity statement, it's now late, client cops a penalty, um, and, and where do we go with that? Now, we all know we can make an make a application to the ATO to have the penalty remitted, but again, it's time that we just don't have, particularly when we're under deadline stress. So there's a number of challenges that are coming off the back of this, and I suppose the frustration from our point is the fact that we can see a fairly simple fix from a design perspective, and that's what we're continuing to advocate for. Um, the strength of ours and the collective voice of the industry is constantly at the tax office about this. So um, they are hearing the frustrations, they are hearing the recommendations to a greater extent, I suppose, the ball's really now in their court as to whether they're going to action that. Yeah, so right at this point in time, as we uh, we record this, um, the main message we want to say to especially our bookkeeping community and, and, and I guess focus specifically on our BAS agent community and also business owners who are listening in right now is that uh, we're far from finished with our voice inside this. It is an ongoing thing um, and we will continue to advocate to uh, try and iron out some of these flaws, these technical flaws, to ensure that the, there is no disruption beyond the the, uh, the 13th of November when it comes to dealing with cl- um, clients in the case of BAS agents or business owners and, and the compliance that comes with that. So uh, we would love to say we have the magic bullet right now, but we pretty much don't because, as you say, the, uh, the ball is very much in the ATO's court um, and they are um, they are very, very aware of the, this situation and are, uh, I guess, right now working through that. And uh, again, we are very, very, um, uh, we are advocating at a great level to ensure that we get some initial response or soon, uh, response yeah. soon, I suppose, is the word I'm looking for. Absolutely. And look, the other thing that I'd like to really encourage everyone listening to do is this is a brand new system. We all know there are bugs in systems and we all know they can be a bit frustrating at times. So I'm really encouraging, particularly our agent community, to um, for the accountants that might be listening, you know, please just be careful with how you actually nominate for your nomination for a new client. For the BAS agents that are listening, uh, again, we understand the frustrations. We are absolutely hearing you. Our voice is constantly inside this conversation and it will continue to be, as you've just said. Uh, but at the end of the day, we need to come up with a solution for the client, for the best interest for the client. So we're just encouraging you to work with your clients, explain what the process is and why this is happening. 
Um, and then for the business owners that are listening, we're just asking you to be a little bit aware of the fact that this is not your agents being difficult for you to deal with. Um, you know, yeah. they are caught up effectively in the bureaucracy of this change of system and this implementation of systems. So again, if they can be a little bit understanding of um, of what this journey is on. But look, I'm confident that we'll come up with a a, a better solution than what we currently have. We just need to be as frustrating as it is. We just need to be a little prepared to be a bit patient while we continue to advocate and get this message through. And certainly from our members' perspective, any doubt, any support you need around that, this, obviously we will continue to, as Amanda referenced before, we have already developed up resources and I'd refer you immediately to the recent newsletter, which has a great flow chart of how the client agent process works and um, that will hopefully help you, but certainly our support lines for our members are there for use if needed and we'd uh, encourage you to reach out if you are having some ongoing major challenges around that. But uh, Amanda, I think that's uh, I think we've we've wrapped that up as best we can. Um, we are very hopeful that uh, perhaps within a very short period of time we'll be able to report on the ICB news channel that uh, a number of these flaws have been uh, dealt with and we have uh, a clean path forward. Um, the 13th of November is happening regardless, so we just need to remain focused and remain uh, confident that we'll be able to work through this process in time. But uh, I want to finish this episode with just reflecting back on a quick bit of commentary um, between myself and Simone earlier, and that is uh, the exciting week that's coming up in November, the 6th to the 10th of November, Global Bookkeeping Week. Um, I know you're a, you're a huge advocate of Global Bookkeeping Week, and we, as we all are, uh, did you want to have your uh, two cents worth on what we need to be doing to, to uh, embrace Global Bookkeeping Week? Rob, it's a really great opportunity just to celebrate the industry and the great work that the people in the bookkeeping industry actually develop, develop to the small business community. So we're really encouraging, we're planning a week of celebrations, we're really encouraging people to make sure that they raise a cup, um, take a photo, have a bit of fun with it. You know, we've had the Raise a Cup campaign in place for a few years now, but we've got a number of initiatives as ICB, um, you know, just to make sure that we're getting people engaged and, you know, have an opportunity to come and celebrate uh, and just talk a bit more about the world of professional bookkeeping and what it is that they actually provide to small business. Uh, also, too, um, as I say, you know, have a bit of fun with it. That's, you know, we're going to do the same thing. Um, you know, our Raise a Cup challenge this year, we've got a prize that we're giving out we for are. the most creative Raise a mm. Cup. Uh, and so I really encourage everyone to sort of uh, get on board with that. We had some great photos a few years ago. I think we had everything from babies with keep cups that had ICB on them through to, you know, coffee cups to I think there was even one with a kitten inside the <laughs> ICB keep cup that we gave away one year. So uh, whatever we can do to celebrate um, those kinds of photos out onto, its, out onto both your social media channels and we'll certainly be sharing them on ours as well. So it's just a great opportunity to to take stock and go. You know what we do? We do a really great job, and our community um, has a very valuable voice in the business framework of Australia and right, right around the world. Hence, the global initiative. Sixth to the tenth of November. Get on board. Enjoy, um, and uh, certainly uh, in. You know, a bit of exciting news, the ICB News Channel will be very active in that week, so watch out for uh, what will roll out through our ICB News Channel podcast. But that's where we're going to bring today's episode to an end. We've had uh, a lot to unpack in this episode. It's been uh, 
uh, great to have you joining us again on today's episode of the ICB News Channel. Amanda Linton, thank you again for being kind enough to come in and join us and uh, we wish everybody listening in all the best as you go out into your world, where whatever that may be and whatever that may look like. And join us again soon on the ICB News Channel. Thanks. Thanks, Rob.